Hey ladies and gents, welcome to the Controlled Insurance Gamecast, we're talking about video games and everything happening in the industry. Episode 171, as always, I'm joined by Jordan. Greetings, Jared, and welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast. How are you today? I'm doing great. Uh, Dom, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. And Jared and Jordan, it is, it's, it's great. It's so great to be talking to both of you today. <laughs> you know what, Dom? I'm glad you said so, because it is also, also awesome to have you here on the podcast. Cheers, mate. So- so this week we're going to be talking about not necessarily what we've been playing or what we plan to be playing. We're going to be focusing on next gen and 2020 in general. Uh, this isn't our predictions episode. We'll be doing that as well. This is more so talking about the things we're most anticipated for, we're most anticipating, and we're most anticipated for when it comes to 2020. The game. It's games great to have anticipation here. here on the podcast as well today, Jared. I'd like to say greetings to anticipation. God. Um... <laughs> Completely threw me off. Uh, so the way it's going to work is I want to talk about next gen specifically because this will be our last opportunity really before things start getting uh, kicked off early next year. We're going to start hearing more about leaks and rumors about the dev kits that are in the wild. We're eventually going to get the reveal events for both the PS5 and Project Scarlet. So this is our last kind of moment of clarity before things start rolling out um before we know have you guys seen the ps5 dev kits yeah yes ugly boy that looks like a computer from like 2003 (laughs) also uh last month we got the leak of the uh, dualshock 5 that came out of the japanese patent office which pretty much looks like a dualshock 4 minus a light bar and the handles went from being cylindrical to more like the what did I call him when we covered it, Jordan? Dorito shaped. Sharper, yeah. Yeah, Dorito shaped of the Xbox, where it's more of like a triangular, as opposed to like cylindrical. Um, wow. So, what I want to start with is defining personal anticipation for games. So let's have a discussion about what personally drives up anticipation for us individually. Why do you anticipate some games over others? Are there loose parameters a game needs to have in order to meet? Uh, anticipation for you personally or is it more of a game by game feeling so i want to start there Uh, i guess i'll shoot first for me it's a game by game basis so there's games we already have release dates for that i'm more hyped about than games that we don't but there's also games that don't have a really set release date that i'm hyped for more than games i know i'm going to be playing in a couple of months right so there's really no method to the madness there it just depends on for me where the franchise specifically is where the publisher specifically is where I'm at in terms of what kind of games I want to get my hands on or what games I've been playing recently. So I'm kind of burnt out on that style of game. Um, there really is no set uh, standard for me when it comes to anticipation. And it's very fluid depending on how well a trailer does or say, for instance, I go back and decide to play animal crossing on GameCube, that could dictate how anticipated I am in a positive or negative way for animal crossing new horizon. So really no set parameters for me is a very game by game feel uh dom you want to let me know what it, anticipation means to you in terms of <laughs> yeah, jared, cool question. Jared, jared you have said some form of the word anticipation no less than 12 <laughs> times <laughs> i'm going for the record podcast record baby so that's a this is a cool question and you got that was a good answer jared so yeah I'll, i agree like the viability and uh what's the word for how close it is uh, there's a fancy word for that anyway yeah, how soon it is to coming out and actually being able to play it. Those are big, right? Because there's some games where, yeah, you hear Proximity. about it. Proximity. 
Yeah, proximity, proximity. I think is that yeah. was what it was. <laughs> yeah, um, where you hear, you know, you know they exist at some level, but um, you know, uh, Metroid Prime Four, right? They they announced it with a with a literal half a logo, right? But as far as I'm concerned, that's that's barely real, and I don't even know if yeah. I'm ever going to play that game, you know. Whereas you know something that's coming out next month, you've seen a bunch of trailers and gameplay. Obviously, that's more real, and it's coming sooner, so that that plays in. And then the easy answers are like, you know, uh, is it an IP you like? Um, is it uh, obviously there's certain ones, you know, a new Zelda game, a new Dark Souls game, etc. That's that's an easy answer, right? Um, and then on top of that is also like the developer, the people involved. What's their track yeah. record? Um, Very important. That's all big too. I mean, a lot of people especially lately there's a lot of talk about oh that game got the the kojima bump in the review scores and that game got the zelda bump in the review scores and you know well if uh, bump. the nintendo bump or the fall the fallen order one especially like well if this wasn't a star wars game it would just be an average you know dark souls uncharted clone or something like that and it wouldn't or the be opposite of that the ea dip right where a game is automatically yeah. bashed because it goes in every every direction but that that yeah. one in particular weirded me out but it's like yeah, but it is a Star Wars game, and the IP is part of what makes it fun and cool. So you can't... Exactly. Uh, that's just part of it. Um, but yeah, so like, the track record, the developer, the sometimes the publisher plays into that too, where obviously, like, we've all said, like, yeah, we're kind of wary about EA published games sometimes, and like you just mentioned. Uh, but that's all, that's a lot of the time justified, right? As far as anticipation and what you're doing, what you're thinking, looking into forward to something. Now... When it when it comes out, you got to be objective. Hopefully, if, if you don't want to miss out on something that you know based on the cover. But anyway, so yeah, there's a lot of parts, a lot of a lot of things that play into how and how anticipated I might be for something. So. There you go, <laughs> Jordan. How about you? You know, Jared, there are many things within a game that might cause me to give it an anticipatory glance, if you will. Ooh, 10 points to Gryffindor. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, but I will say, I'm, I'm actually glad you asked this question. It is a cool question because, um, <laughs> not even joking, the way I anticipate games now is has been changing and is very different. Um, my hype levels and my um, excitement is just different and so especially now that I'm older and realizing that things are really up in the air for video game releases a lot of times um, you know things could change on a dime and so I try not to like set my heart on anything too much um, we just saw The Last of Us Part 2 a gigantic game have this big reveal event and then all of a sudden they had to delay the game less than a month later so um i try to just you know of course i'll always watch e3 and certain trailers certain gameplay footage to make sure i want to purchase a game but i am kind of just letting things uh reach me once they come out as opposed to um kind of setting my calendar around their date um so with all that being said um the things that i look for dom mentioned it is a big one um is that uh you know what's the developer who is behind who is creating this game um 
and not not nearly as much the publisher because I'm not going to look at uh, Sekiro and decide not to play that just because it's published by Activision, right? Um, or just because a game like Jedi Fallen Order is published by EA, I'm just not going to play it at all. Now, I may wait for reviews or whatever, but um, I think when someone has a proven track record, they usually give you something at least uh, enjoyable and a lot of the times um, they can jump like Gorilla did from Killzone to Horizon and make something really, really special. So um, I would say if there's one, uh, one thing um, other than, like you said, uh, it being a franchise that you're in love with, that's very obvious. But if there's one thing I would say, who is the developer? And that's what gets me excited. I agree. I do think in in the current age of like entertainment, uh, we're inundated with so much new stuff week by week that it's sometimes actually hard to anticipate things months from now because you're there's always something next week that you're that you forgot you were looking forward to or something you might draw interest in because so many right. things are coming out at such a ratchet, a ratchet, such a ratchet pace, such a rapid pace. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can make the argument ratchet as well. Um, yeah, so it is sometimes hard to anticipate things because you just get lost in the week-to-week of so much new entertainment hitting streaming services or sure. movie theaters or digital storefronts. That's why it's so much more important these days to know who is creating your content. Um, recently, we talked about uh, the show Primal um, being done by Gindy Tartakovsky, and I went back and watched his Clone Wars Micro series and and that's a track record right there. When the guys created Dexter's Lab and Samurai Jack, you know, you're not gonna waste your time checking something out new from them. You know, yeah. To the same point, Respawn. You know, they had Titanfall two, tremendous game. Apex Legends hit earlier this year, really yeah. solid. So when it came to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, there was some trepidation because of the track record of EA and Star Wars, but in the same sense, it's like, well, it's respawn. That gives me hope. Um, so, yeah, I haven't, I'm not in, that's the thing is this is almost like a guerrilla games type switch where I didn't realize respawn would have this in them. Cause at the end of the day, there's still a lot of X infinity ward, call of duty guys at that studio guys and girls. And that's why they're making Titan falls and X apex legends and all that. Um, so to see them do a third person action adventure, you know, kind of Metroidvania combat heavy game is, is very pleasing. Yeah. Flexing their versatility as a developer. It's really cool to see. Um, so this next section where I'm going to be asking you guys some, some, uh, a number of, of things. And for the sake of clarity and communication, we're going to be referring to the PlayStation five as the PlayStation five, but more importantly, we're going to be referring to project Scarlet as Xbox two. Just make things simpler. So anytime I say Xbox 2, or we refer to it for those listening, we're talking about Project Scarlet specifically. It's just a lot easier to say Xbox 2, and it's more clear in communication than Project Scarlet. So, first off, for each of you guys, including myself as well, are you currently planning on buying one of the consoles on day one? Yes. Oh, boy. It's... It's going to depend on the launch lineup for me, man. Yeah, for I'm 100% day one. Uh, second, are you... So as of today, right now, as we're sitting talking about this, 
Are you more excited for the PlayStation 5 or Xbox 2? Neither or both, and why? For me, Xbox 2, simply because of their the track record they've had these last couple of years and the way Phil Spencer has been handling things. I know that all of my Xbox One and Xbox 360 games are going to be playable day one. They've made that promise uh, without officially announcing it yet. And the fact that Halo Infinite is a launch title, there's already a strong launch title there for my tastes. Um, and yeah, I'm just excited for what they're doing with the future of game streaming. And there's a lot they're offering that I'm down with. So they'd have to royally screw it up for me not to choose the Xbox 2 over the PS5. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm sitting currently. So, the way you ask this question um, and what it excludes is important. So I'm easily, easily, uh, you know, more more anticipating the, the PS5. Um, part of that um, is, of course, like their exclusive lineup of games that you know might not be there immediately, but we know will come. Yeah, it's a highly anticipated lineup. <laughs> exactly, very anticipated. Um, and that's that's the easy thing that anyone would say, right? But in addition to that. They explicitly said that one PS5 is backwards compatible with the PS4. So, Jordan, to your point about, well, let's see what the launch lineup is. But that makes that a little bit easier because, you know, it, at the very least, you'll be able to play all the games you already have. Um, just like Jordan or Jared yeah. mentioned, uh, it's going to be the same on Xbox uh, uh, 2. And then lastly, though, is they mentioned that PS5 will have a 4K Blu-ray drive, which is a big deal. Because last year, I think it was last year, maybe the year before... I ended up buying a Xbox One S primarily because I really wanted a 4K Blu-ray drive and the PS4 Pro didn't have one. That was important to me enough that I actually bought the console pretty much for that. Um, yeah. Like 80% of the reason I bought it, right? So that's that a big drive deal. drive is a system seller. Yeah, and now I've built up a small collection of 4K Blu-rays that I want to be able to watch. And so that what that's going to do is, and I also think from a economics point of view, because uh, I'm cheap and thrifty as fuck, um, that's going to enable me to, you know, probably hopefully take advantage of some kind of super good GameStop trade-in deal for both the One S and the PS4 that I have, and just put it all towards PS5 so, type of deal. So, Dom, being realistic with ourselves, for me and you both, just like I said, there had to be something catastrophic for me to choose a PS5 over an Xbox Two, right? I virtually locked in that I'm going to be getting the Xbox over the PS5. Are you're in the same boat, I assume, right? It had to be like a royal screw up in order for you to even think about getting the Xbox Two over the PS5. Yeah, but even that is like you know, say it was a hundred dollars more and it wasn't backwards compatible. You know, even if it was a lot of that, um, the way Microsoft is positioning themselves to me doesn't like to me. It's not saying you need to buy an Xbox Two. It's saying because um, no matter what, Sony's going to have their exclusives. So I kind of want to be there for that. But now I don't need an Xbox 2 to play Halo Infinite and to play any other exclusives Microsoft puts out that I might be interested in, um, especially after trying out xCloud as of late and seeing how cool Game Pass is and knowing that that's going to be integrated uh, to hopefully a, a, a large extent into xCloud. I don't feel like I you know, need the console necessarily um, going into next-gen especially. So that's got me excited where they're, they're selling their ecosystem um, and their services uh, as much as their console. So that's exciting um, to me, too. So, you, I guess you're saying, so basically you could be day one PS5 next generation of Xbox, but not necessarily their console. Which is why I started, yeah, so that's why I started everything by saying the way you asked the question about specifically Xbox 2, nah, I'm not so much excited for that, um, but I'm excited for the Xbox brand yeah. and the services and stuff they're doing. So, 
And Jordan, despite you not necessarily being sure whether or not you're going to be getting a console at launch, where do you mm-hmm. sit on this? Uh, what are you more excited for, the PS5 or Xbox so, 2? Yeah, my anticipation level sits higher <laughs> for the PlayStation 5 over the Xbox dose. Um, I will say there's... Now, this sounds harsh, but there is no way that I'm getting uh, an Xbox 2 day one. Simply because I already have an Xbox One S that I got dirt cheap that I don't play Xbox exclusives on. Because um, I, I don't play as many games, and when I do, it's on my PS4 Pro. A lot of them are PlayStation exclusives. Otherwise, it's probably going to be on the Nintendo Switch. Those two consoles are taking up most of my playtime, and um, the Gears of War, the uh, Ori, and the Blind Forest that I, you know, still want to play at some point, still have not uh, pulled me over to my Xbox One S, which is hooked up, ready to go, can be played at any time. Um, So if that's the case with the current console, then I'm certainly not going to spend a bunch of money um on the the new one um because even with their new slew of studios um i think it i could you know wait a couple years or wait a little bit at least um even if one of those games uh really jumps out at me as an exclusive for their platform so we'll see about that but um as far as Sony's console goes, the PlayStation 5, it's really going to matter about, like I said, the day one lineup of games. If we're looking at a big name exclusive from, let's say, Gorilla, we're looking at Horizon 2, uh, which I think is a stretch, but still likely. Um, unless that's the case, then kind of similar situation on Sony's side. I still have plenty of games from this generation that I uh, would be down to play and I'm not sure that that launch lineup is going to uh, wow me so much that I need to go out there day one. Now, I'm pretty certain that I'll be buying a PlayStation 5 within the first year of its launch um, like I did with PS4, but uh, we'll just see about that lineup. Uh, I guess this next question is a two-parter. So the first part of it is what do we think will uh, what do we want to define next gen consoles and the second part is what do we think will define next gen consoles so for me i i want next gen consoles to be defined by the advancement in ai in video games i think somewhere where we can, that's somewhere in video games where we can make a huge stride um we talked about this a couple of weeks ago jordan where uh i just don't think graphical advancements aren't gonna really wow people anymore um, yeah. I, I think they're very incremental and um, yeah I, I just don't think that's the, and the place and we're sitting here playing Pokemon dumping hours into Pokemon and it doesn't look that great I hate to tell, to, to tell <laughs> the world that but like you know it's it's very basic looking and yet I throw it up on my 50 some other inch screen over here and, and watch movies on the other one but it's still holding my interest it still looks good enough to play on an hd screen and it's and it's nowhere near the fidelity of you know something like jedi fallen order so clearly it's they sold however many millions of copies clearly it's not a a detriment too much 
And I think whether it succeeds or fails or falls somewhere in between, I think what they will be defined by is streaming. The streaming of video games and how that catches okay. on. Uh, I think that's what it'll be defined by. Like I said, whether it succeeds or fails or falls somewhere in between, I think that's what it'll ultimately be defined by. Uh, who wants to go first in terms of what they think and what they want? I'm with you. I think uh, streaming is going to be a big part of uh, next generation, for good or you know for better or worse. Whether it's a, it ends up flopping and you know kind of goes away, or it becomes a big deal and everyone uh, you know it becomes prominent. I don't, obviously, I'm, I would never. It's never going to take over uh, like actual local games, but I could see it being close to 50-50 if you look at. Uh, um, comparing it to just you know tv and movie streaming but but anyway yeah I, I wish or i hope that uh like you said jared you mentioned more emphasis on improved ai i would even i would add into that like improved physics in games and more like interactive interactivity with more objects things like that um which i think both ai and and the physics are more uh cpu driven you know, resource-driven things in games, and the past generation of consoles were really lackluster on the CPU side, even when they came out. Um, so I think, like, hopefully we can get a big improvement there. Like, um, that's just. Otherwise, I'm. While I agree with you guys that yeah, just improving the graphics isn't gonna wow enough people. I mean, I'm pretty good with just improving the graphics uh, quite a bit, um, and then just add in some cooler physics stuff and so on and that would make me pretty happy so yeah uh jordan what do you think in terms of what you want the generation to be defined by and what you think it'll ultimately be defined by well we kind of already discussed uh what i would really like to see in the next generation on the last show and uh or one of our last shows where i was talking about refinement and how i would like to see like when i'm playing uh jedi fallen order I would like to not come out of a cutscene and have the characters around me like pop into place um, real suddenly, you know, kind of glitchy. Um, I would like to see just some of those, I think I said, seams be sewn up, I think is a good way to put it. Um, I would like to see those, those seams not be so, um, the gaps be so wide there where there's you know, uh, texture pop-ins like you were talking about and, um, stuff like that. I, I, I would like to see the refinement be, uh, focused there. Um, and that part of that comes with processing power like you guys were talking about. So that'll be interesting how that is used. And then what I think is, uh, will happen, uh, is pretty similar to what you guys said, streaming, will be a big thing um, and I do also think it's important to note that uh, online multiplayer will probably somehow get even bigger and bigger and um, more ubiquitous with gaming in general yeah that's a good point um, so this is a this is a partially subjective but I do think that it's they make a good case for themselves so what I wrote down here is, From Software and Ubisoft were the dev-publisher combination that delivered the most amount of games at the highest level of quality on average. You understand what I'm saying by that? Obviously, From Software had a lot of games this generation. All of them yeah. were were pretty well received. Same thing with Ubisoft. They published a lot of games. They kind of turned around. Yeah, the, they didn't uh, make any games together, though. 
Yeah. No, no, no. I'm saying as a combination of yeah. this is a developer and this is a publisher. You're right. The wording is a little weird. <laughs> they didn't do it together. Um, boy, that would be weird. What I want to know from you guys is come this next gen, who do you think the A developer or B publisher is that can kind of do the same thing that From and Ubisoft did with this generation? I'll give my answers. One, for publisher, I think that Capcom is really positioning themselves in a, in a good spot with, yeah. with the rumored Resident Evil 3 remake. Obviously, they're coming hot off the heels of the RE2 remake. Um, we have Resident Evil 8 on the way. With the success of some of their titles, they're stating that they want to go back to a lot of these franchises and give people, you know, the experiences they've desired for a long time. There was years there where the Capcom community hated Capcom, <laughs> you know, yeah. like really hated them. And I do think they have turned it around and I would really like to see them be the Ubisoft of this generation and just put out banger after banger. And they don't necessarily all have to be nines, but, you know, eights, seven and a half, like just consistently at least good no fl no yeah, better than they have been no umbrella core you know that's a weird spinoff for us the right. game that was garbage um in terms of developer i'll give a two-part answer one my wish is bioware i really hope with that dragon age 4 oh, and the upcoming mass effect that it is a return to form Please. obviously there, there's hope i still have hope left yeah yeah but i, I understand that's an unrealistic uh, choice. I don't Looking think so. I'm 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 hopeful with you. I I yeah. think there's 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 a possibility, and boy, do I hope that that happens, man. And this might be a cop out, but for me, looking at developers out there, from software has some of the fastest turnaround times we've seen from developers. So yeah. in terms of the most games at the highest quality, I don't know if another developer out there could match that, personally. Yeah. I do think there will be developers that obviously put out games that are better than some of the From Software titles easily, but I don't know if they would could release a high number of games at that level just because studios take a lot longer in their development cycle and it's just not well, the way From Software handles things. Yeah, of course, we've talked about this a lot before, but I, I don't think their production values are on the same level as, you know, a, a big-time studio that is making a highly polished triple a action adventure yeah. title so that is a big part of that and um but if it works you know and and something to be said for the fact that um sekiro has um you know its own story cut scenes now it was published by activision that might have something to do with it but it is in some ways a little bit more traditional story and does have those uh, kind of polished, good-looking cutscenes. They're still not all the way there, but it is maybe a step in the right direction. I don't know that they were ever in the wrong, but you get what I'm saying. I have two Dark, dark Horse choices, and they're both going to be Xbox, so listeners feel free to call me a homer if you want or whatever. But oh, okay. uh, A Obsidian, because they seem to have multiple teams that are working on things, Grounded, I don't necessarily think it's going to be a great game. It's probably just going to be one of those in uh, early access type titles. But they had Outer Worlds. We could see Outer Worlds 2 and 3 and maybe some other uh, RPGs from them in the same dev cycle, in the same dev you know console generation that uh, could put them up there, right? Because they do have a, a good track record in terms of high-quality games. The other choice 
is Playground Games, which, if you remember, they're the studio that makes Forza Horizon, yeah. and those games are always very well received. And now they have a second studio working on what everyone, the biggest open secret in gaming, which is Fable 4. We know it's an open-world RPG. Most people are assuming it's Fable 4. But you figure if they can release a good number of Forza Horizon games alongside one or two Fable games, or if it's a new IP, which is highly doubted, they could be in the running too, you know? It's hard with yeah. Sony Studios because Sony Studios tend to take a little bit longer, but with Naughty Dog being on the cusp, you could have Last of Us Part Two getting ported or being playable on PS5, and then you could see two or three more titles from them, especially if they're doing smaller entries like Uncharted Lost Legacy. They could be a contender as well. Man, so. I, Lost Legacy was great, man. It'd be cool to see... You know, somebody do something like that that doesn't necessarily have to be a full-on sequel, Nathan Drake and all that, since, you know, he's obviously not really the the main uh, dude in the series anymore, so. Um, you, have you heard about Sony San Diego possibly doing an Uncharted game? No. Yeah, they obviously do the show every year, MLB The Show, and uh, a lot of people then or definitely some rumors that um, they have a team working on an Uncharted game because they first of all they're close close enough to uh, Naughty Dog and also they had those games that were like free to play stuff on PlayStation you remember that? Not off the top of my head no. No. But yeah but they had uh, I guess those teams may be working on Maybe the ones that moved over for Uncharted. Anyways. So, I'm going to add in, arguably, uh, the, the From Software, you know, of uh, the PS3, Xbox 360 gen. At least, you know, they would be looked at as probably the top <clears throat> developer, or one of, is Bethesda Game Studios, who this past generation had uh, Fallout 4, which sold well, but, you know, not as many people were in love with it as were you know, back with Fallout 3 and with Skyrim and Oblivion. And then Fallout 76, obviously most people did not, you know, think of that too highly. But it wasn't around, made by them. Bethesda, okay, you're right. It was, uh, what? they don't line up to that? Or wasn't it just a different branch of Bethesda Game Studios? No, it was the one that was in Dallas that was working on a different game and then they canceled that game and then they became Bethesda it Game was, Studios Dallas. Uh, Battle okay. Cry, was that their game? Battle Cry Studios, yeah. Yeah, okay, uh, Battle, so but that's the game studios sequence. oversaw the project, but they weren't actually the ones developing. Okay, it's kind of like uh, ID and uh, Avalanche for Rage Two. So in that case, then I mean Bethesda Game Studios this past generation published or uh, uh, developed Fallout Four, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. and I liked Fallout Four, but not as much as the previous Fallout's, and that was all they had. Ooh. So next gen, about, we're gonna get Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six. Yeah, that's exactly. True. So I think like that's a prime opportunity for them to come roaring back and remind everyone, yo, know, like we're BGS. We made fucking Skyrim, the game that doesn't stop selling. Selling, on, yeah, on platform after platform, and everyone still loves it, even though it's over a decade old now or whatever. So well, and that's uh, the thing too, man. Is that game became a quick internet joke, but people forget how well received that game was at launch. You know, right? Like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, super. Well, that's well how received. it is with popular stuff. The game was yeah. a joke. <laughs> had a lot of memes from day one launch of you know the original game. So that's just how it goes. And if they yeah. hit with those two things, it's pretty much like we were talking about with Bioware. Like this could be their redemption arc they needed, and 
man, if they come out the gate swinging with Starfield in the first like launch year of the next gen consoles and it's good, that's going to be really good for them. And on top of that, for us to get two Bethesda Game Studios games in the same gen would be really impressive at this point. You know, it's like Rockstar exactly. Games. And that was a lot of people. A lot of people's complaints about Fallout Four was it kind of feels like they developed this, you know, in a in a vacuum and they weren't seeing. They couldn't see what had been done with The Witcher 3 and some other big RPGs, right? Yeah. Whereas, yeah, if you, again, back to the previous gen, Skyrim was good in every sense, right? Like, even technically, it was everything was impressive about it, um, unlike we heard about Fallout 4. So I think that they have that opportunity for Starfield and Elder Scrolls 6 to be like, oh, this is, again, great games that are pushing the boundaries of what games can be and what giant RPGs can be. I, and- I just see that opportunity for them. And part of that is expectations because they built up the reputation to be the genre-defining releases, whereas Outer Worlds can come out and be pretty much like Fallout, a little bit different, not really moving the needle forward, but people love it because the ex- expectations there were we just want more of this, right? Whereas with the game studios, people expect them to be the genre-defining open-world RPG. And like you said, they developed in a vacuum pretty much for Fallout 4, and it wasn't met with terrible reception, but not great reception. So... Yeah, that's so. they're primed to show up and show out if they hit with those two titles. That's awesome. Good point. I didn't even think about them. Uh, in terms of publisher, anything to add? I mean, Ubisoft's I guess about to kill it, dude, because they've been killing it. Yeah, yeah, they'll continue to do what they do because they, you know, they're consistent. And and they do it well enough. So the way they handled uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint when it wasn't so great at launch, they were like, "We we can't," you know do it this way we we gotta be better and we gotta yeah. fix this dark Otherwise, horse though, for me highly unlikely but a dark horse candidate is ea <laughs> yeah. um oh, yeah. yeah i'd be i'd be interested to see if they could do it but at this point even if they were to line up hit after hit after hit the hole they've dug themselves i don't know hit if the internet will ever let them uh forgive that so anything else dom you want to add now for publisher i would say uh, uh like you mentioned microsoft like they're poised to we're not, you know, we don't have quite the evidence yet, um, but it seems like they're poised to put out some fucking bangers next gen. Yeah, bangers. and truth be told, though I chose Ubisoft, PlayStation did a really good job this gen too as a publisher. Let's not forget that. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not necessarily as many titles as Ubisoft, but a lot of really good and, games. And I really apologize for the unironical use of the word bangers there, but it just <laughs> felt right. Hey man, bangers and mash can need some, some. Uh, <laughs> Some bangers. No, Dom. It wasn't. It wasn't something that I was previously anticipating. But I don't think that you're a total piece of shit. <laughs> uh, Jordan, is there any dev, dev or publisher you want to add? Um, what was the original question here again? It's who do you think will follow in line with From Software and Ubisoft this gen in terms of putting out? Oh yeah. The a good number of games at the highest cons- level of yeah. consistency for a publisher or a yeah. dev. Um, it could be, I, I do want to give a shout out to, what are they called now? Microsoft or Xbox Game Studios? Xbox Game Studios, uh, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're poised to, to, you know, be firing all cylinders, uh, with this next generation. So we will, I'm, um, my anticipation level is high to see what God. they do. Um. It's never going to end. Oh, man. The last question here before we head out. Oh, actually, before we give our five most anticipated games of 2020, uh, I just wanted to ask, should we expect the next generation to at least last seven years, including the mid-cycle refresh hardware that we assume we're going to get, just like the PS4 Pro and Xbox One X? I think at the very least, personally, it'll last seven years. Yeah, I agree. God, can you imagine? 
where technology will be in seven years after the launch of these fucking consoles. They will be fossils. Well, and the crazy thing Good is uh, Elon Musk is going to unveil the Mako for Mass Effect since he just unveiled Stop. a truck a month oh, ago. God. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man. I think that these will last uh, five to six years at the longest. Including mid-cycle refreshes? Okay. Even with iterations. Cool. Uh, I had some bonus questions here. I'll If we can, can you, you think we can lightning round this? We can get all three of them in, but we got to lightning round it. Go ahead. I'm game. Okay. Uh, one, what colors do you think the PS5 and Xbox 2 will launch as? I think PS5 will be black. I think Xbox 2 will be white. They're, they're both black. Okay. Jordan? Black. Black. Okay. <laughs> Second, with back compa- backward compatibility uh, included in both consoles, will this be the best launch lineup situation we've seen? Well, that doesn't make a difference. If yeah, it you're does. considering that in part of a launch lineup, yeah, of course. I I, I guess more a the launch. launch lineup to me is the games that can only be played on this system. So backwards compatibility. I mean, if you're talking about, uh, I'm referencing launch lineup is all the games you can play on the system the day you buy it. Then then yeah so, yeah. So geez, okay. I, see, I don't I don't know about that because that's like. If you're talking about there's a PS5 version of The Last of Us Part 2, that's different. But if you're talking about playing the PS4 version of The Last of Us, that's that's not like a launch lineup to me, you know, because that's that's an old technically an old game or for an old system at least. Okay, so including backwards compatibility, will this be the best lineup of games available on your console the first day you buy it <laughs> that we've ever had? I don't know, man. That's I would have to like figure out which consoles had yeah. backwards compatibility and you which. You gotta know didn't. some history on the launch lineups. But uh, yeah, for I me, the fact say... that Xbox has Xbox One, Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, original Xbox, and Xbox Two, uh, it's pretty hard to match that. Also, this question is very hard to ask because other than the backwards compatible compatible titles that we'll be playing, we don't know any of the actual new launch lineup. Halo Infinite is the only one we know. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Okay, yeah, and we ha- know that that's not coming to Xbox One. Uh, good question. Oh, true, good point. Yeah, yeah, good question. I don't know. So really, I don't think we know any of the, like, totally you can only play this on PS5 yeah. or Xbox Two games. Good yeah, point. and I don't think Xbox Two will have any of those. They've already stated. Ever? Jeez. Jesus. Uh, well, no, not ever, but at launch. Um... So, lastly, do you believe that the future focus of the game industry is streaming, or will it be a pillar? I think pillar. Uh, I think future, yeah, but just well, it depends on how far into the future we're talking. I yeah, before you know, if we get into like fifty or a hundred years territory, then by the end of this I next console believe. generation, oh, then oh. no, then then it's pillar, pillar. Yeah. pillar. Okay. But if like in a hundred years, I gotta believe that the whole world will have such great internet. That you won't need local storage nearly as much. Yeah, okay, and I'd say um, when you're saying seven years, six to seven years for this gen, that's not that's not soon enough or not you know long enough for for streaming. I think right. after that we'll probably yeah. start to see it be the primary share. Yeah. Lastly, let's uh, list our top five most anticipated games for 2020. In no particular order, I'll give mine. Spelunky two. I hope it lands in 2020. 
Uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Cyberpunk 2077, Doom Eternal, and Marvel's Avengers. So nice. I don't have Did Last it? of Us because it's not coming out till mid year, so that goes back to the anticipation of like a lot of these games I get to play sooner. So, um, so I'll just go because I only have three games because I'm really only <laughs> anticipating three <laughs> games that fucking much, right? Yeah. Um, the other games I'll, I'll play whenever, if at all. Um, so I will say my games are uh, Avengers, just because I'm such a big comic book fan. Uh, and then Cyberpunk, because I'm such a big CD Projekt fan and fan of the Cyberpunk genre. Not necessarily this like uh, tabletop game. Um, and then, um, actually, The Last of Us Part Two because... Even if I don't fall in love with the gameplay, um, I'll tell you this much. I am highly anticipating how good that story is going to be. I think yeah. they're going to nail it. Hell yeah. Dom? So I'm going to go with the usual suspects. Um, Doom. It looks like a you know a, not, a, not a crazy iteration on the last Doom, but that's, that's great for me, and I'm ready for that game. The Last of Us, same kind of thing. I don't expect too much crazy new newness from this game compared to the, the last game it should look a lot better um and control better you know but i'm just expecting a great you know dark emotional story uh, and so on but that's obviously an easy choice cyberpunk um one thing i didn't quite mention with you know when we define what you know what gets us uh, anticipating something is well this is something kind of new for me uh you know that kind of setting and genre i'm not really you know, read or watched too many movies or played too many games in that kind of weird cyberpunk type universe, right? Mm. Jordan is thinking to himself, like, you're missing out, man. Um, but I would say just hit up them Blade Runner movies, dude. Right. So um, it's it bodes well. I mean, it, it mixes well with, oh, it's a developer I trust implicitly, right, because of what they did with The Witcher 3. But I'm also excited that to potentially get into a new genre and, and you know, try to experience something new and different it's kind of exciting with that one yeah one last game i'll say um in addition another thing i left out in uh, what makes some what makes me anticipated for something because it's so rare is a new technology right um i'm not usually the one to be like on the ground floor like beta testing new shit and spending a lot of money but new technology is cool and for that after watching the trailer and this is also a game that i'm frankly just not gonna play probably not for a couple years at least, um, but after watching the trailer for Half Life, Alex, holy crap! Oh. The game looks incredible. Um, I was a huge PC you know, gamer. Yeah, so I was big on Half Life One and Half Life Two, uh, and the, the episodes of Half Life Two. Like I love those games. Man, you would have uh, loved the conversation uh, Jordan and I had a couple of weeks ago when this trailer came out. Oh yeah, <laughs> but um, as two non Half Life guys, this is not Half Life Three, of course, but it looks like. A full-on Half-Life game in that world, uh, set in between, I think one and two. They said, um, but on top of all that, it's fully developed for VR, a full-price game, right? Um, and the few things they showed in the trailer, in particular, were, you know, the the specific controller that the Vive, I believe, has, um, where it's like a a glove, and being able to actually like reach out and, you know, grab objects, uh, the way. Well, this they is showed. on their. This is on their own VR device, the library or whatever, isn't it? I thought it was. I'm pretty sure it said the IGN article I read said that it was on all 
PC VR yeah. platforms. That's what I thought. So like I think Oculus it might be coming out on Oculus. Yeah, but they have like a there's a specific controller they built. Um, that's like more like a from what I understand a glove and it tracks your fingers. I don't know. I don't totally understand it, but it looks cool as fuck. And the, like what they showed in that trailer was actually something like we were talking about like what will next gen be known for and like we're like graphics ai um that's all cool but this truly felt like something crazy and new right um judging by that trailer we'll see how it turns out but it looks cool as fuck so throwing that out there yeah i the one game that none of us really talked about and i'll say why it wasn't on my list real quick is final fantasy remake Final Fantasy VII Remake. And for me, I'm not playing that game until it comes, if it ever does, to Xbox for the simple fact that that game is mm. technically a chapter of or a part of a game. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I don't want to buy the first one on PS5, PS4 and then play have to buy, buy the second one on PS on Xbox 2. And if there's stuff that carries over from game to game, I'm just like, I'm going to wait until you decide to, if at all, bring it to Xbox <coughs> for me. So, yeah. Uh, that's been it for our next gen and, and, and 2020 anticipation discussion. Um, yeah. Next week, we're going to be talking about our predictions for next year and going over our predictions that we had for 2019 at the end of 2018. Tune into that. Some really funny and interesting things we got right and we got wrong. So it's going to be cool to look over all of those and see what we think is going to happen in the following year. And uh, yeah, with next gen around the corner, it's going to be pretty interesting. So... Thank you guys for listening. If you can't follow us on iTunes, leave us a review. Helps us move up in the dreaded algorithm. Go over to YouTube, search Controlled Interest. Uh, We'll pop up. Subscribe, hit the the bell notification to let you know whenever we upload new videos because the sub boxes are fickle and untrustworthy. And uh, like the videos, that helps us. to anticipate, to say the least. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Like the video, helps us move up in the YouTube algorithm. Other than that, you can follow us on Twitter at CTRLINT. That's controlled interests abbreviated. You can follow me personally at Jared underscore. You can follow Dom at Dom Zorios. And you can follow Jordan at Melamotis. We'll catch you guys next week with our predictions for 2020. See you then. Bye.